You're listening to WLRS Crypto Radio. We are not financial advisors. The content on this podcast and any YouTube videos are for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions of advertisers, sponsors, and guests do not constitute those of WLRS Radio or constitute financial advice. We urge you to make the best financial decision that suits your needs. Conduct your own research and seek the advice of a licensed financial advisor when needed. Know that all investments involve some form of risk, and there is no guarantee that you will be successful with your investments. There is no guarantee that you won't experience significant loss when investing. Now, come take a ride with David, Dylan, and Austin into the wild west that is cryptocurrency and DeFi. Which, like, you'll talk to a stock guy, and they'll be like, that's the most ridiculous degenerate thing. And you're like, you don't even know where I've been. Um, it looks like a third grader got into Blender and made these NFTs. It's out of the way now. If there's any CEOs you want to tell them to fuck off or anything. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, no. Welcome back to the weekly DeFi show on WLRS Crypto Radio. I'm here once again with Austin and Dylan to speak with another amazing protocol and break down all the latest news in the DeFi space with you. Uh, this week, we also are speaking with Morty and Roman from Savvy DeFi the borrowing and lending platform that lets you borrow like a billionaire. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Pretty great. And I'm great. Yeah, I'm, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having us. Um, to be honest, before this podcast started, um, we really got to know each other at a personal level, and uh, I'm excited to talk about the market conditions at large and, and see what we can come up with together. Yeah, it was a little touch and go for a bit. Um <laughs> In non-crypto news, the Artemis 1 spaceship, right, launched uh, on its moon mission, which makes me want to play Kerbal Space Program again. And if you've ever seen me play Kerbal Space Program, you know why I'm working in DeFi and not at NASA. (laughs) Uh, The game is extremely difficult. Uh, In other non-crypto related news... Uh, Austin sucks at setting up streams, so we will not be providing video for this odd, for this show. Well, I wasn't prepared to take on five people at random. I, I just need we just need a prep. We just need to do some prep work, like any level of prep work. Yeah, like, probably. Just, I mean, if you're not prepared for five guys at one time, how can we expect you to lead a protocol? That's true. <laughs> I, I I did get my savvy T-shirt on. Uh, he did. For this he did. Podcast. Morty, Morty went and changed, got his savvy T-shirt on, and we don't get to show it. Uh, maybe uh, set that up. I can put it. I can put it on the album cover uh, for the episode. If there you we want go. I think that talking. would be necessary. If you send uh, <laughs> maybe like a thumbs up with the savvy and uh, this is one condition now. <laughs> we'll yes, you, I like this. We'll give you the. I'll treatment. give you the back of our T-shirt. It's uh, Ask Us How to Be Savvy. It's the t-shirts we wore at uh, DevCon. Nice. Where was DevCon hosted at? It was in In Colombia. Oh, wow. How was that? Amazing. Yeah, It was a lot of builders hanging out with other builders. So it wasn't, um, you know, like like many conferences. This one was really special because it's been three years since we had a proper DevCon. And they kind of, you know, went pretty big so it's really cool how long is well i guess with that question i guess it leads to my next question is how long have you guys been building together we've been building building. uh, for like a year okay 
and you all mm. have been in the space for i assume a little bit longer than that yeah i've been uh well let, let me give you a brief intro so my name is roman i'm a recovering ex-banker i used to work for jp morgan um and i've always loved uh, crypto and bitcoin started in like really late 2013 um and just uh, didn't really get like full steam ahead until like late 2016 2017 but um by, like 2019 i was out here already starting to build things with uh, my friends so just like many web3 like stories you know mine was actually pretty interesting because um i met a couple of other like-minded folks who i've never met in real life but we met on like you know zooms and meetups related to crypto payments and stuff like that and decided to actually put together a prototype we ended up doing so well that uh the stellar foundation gave us a grant and then another company uh purchased the technology from us so it was like a really interesting uh way to kind of get into the space because i never met my co-founder my first co-founders on my first project like yeah. in real life so that was pretty pretty wild but um i i met morty in clubhouse uh very like early last year and we spent a lot of time like educating folks together before we started building this out so i'm gonna yield the mic to give him a chance to kind of introduce himself but he's an amazing dude thank you for that uh warm intro so yeah i, I got involved uh, in crypto probably around like seven years ago uh just learning what was going on uh attended a couple of meetups uh tried to use blockchain technology on some of the some projects then I came back really hard around three years ago, um, started getting heavy into Clubhouse, met a couple of interesting people, started teaching and learning and like open voice forums. Um, and then I started getting involved in different projects. Uh, and yeah, the rest is history. And we, I, I met Roman and uh, well, I, I really liked uh, the idea of creating something that can last uh, without us, something that will actually improve the world. And that's what we believe Savvy is going to be doing because the beauty of smart contracts is, is this is something that doesn't need management. It's something that can be ran all by itself. And like, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. Yep. I that's really, that's... well, so a, a quick point on that is what, what do you, whenever you all talk for, for anybody listening and especially me is uh, what are you referencing when you're saying uh, clubhouse? So Clubhouse was an app that uh, around two years ago, maybe three years ago, became very popular. Uh, it was like Twitter spaces. And during the pandemic, it exploded because people weren't able to hang out with anybody. They weren't able to leave their houses. So this voice format was amazing. And there's a lot of uh, cl clubs there that were just talking about crypto. So Roman and I would jump in and discuss what's going on, teach people like how to open a wallet, how to use MetaMask, um, safety. And we would just c come in all the time and, you know, learn and teach. It was a very productive space. Yeah, there's That's so really many cool. crazy barriers getting onboarded into crypto and onboarded into DeFi. Uh, I know like when I was starting my journey, I felt like I would take one step forward and two steps back. You know, I'd, I'd do something, I'd, I'd, you know, make some transactions, then I'd screw something up with the gas and, you know, lose my ETH gas money. And so, like, having, like, these communities of people that actually help and, like, educate instead of trying to figure out stuff off Google, uh, 
probably was why so many people were hanging out in there. It's probably better than Telegram. I I have a bone with Telegram. Yeah, at one point it was like really the place where someone would go get alpha because uh, every night you would have you know people in the space kind of coming in and talking about things. So uh, Anderson Horowitz, for example, had a nightly show at one point. Uh, you know, you can get on and talk to people like Andre Cronier and just like there's just direct access to the builders of the space and, and the, the influencers of the space. So it was it was it was where, you know, the the first news would come out right after, you know, it, it passes through like your typical four chan uh, style channels. As soon as it's really like something, something, it would get to Clubhouse. And that was pretty like pretty early. And that's where people went to kind of get you know, the good, the good source of, of information. And luckily we found each other through that and we were able to talk to a lot of people and like educate them on the space properly because we, we didn't have that ourselves, but we kind of learned, you know, on our own. Um, just when you spend enough time here, eventually you just, you're going to get to know these things. So we were just passing it, you know, forward, make sure that, you know, the next generation of people coming in weren't going to get wrecked like they yeah. just did with uh, the recent events, you know? And yeah, with uh, with FTX, before we really dive into it, because I know we're going to be talking about it, uh, but with you having some some banking experience, Roman specifically, um, I heard a lot of people comparing, and this is pretty, I think this is a pretty common notion that people think, is that what's happening with FTX isn't all that unrealistic in modern, like, in modern world of banking, like technically any kind of bank run in this scenario. And there's a lot deeper behind the corruption and, and the paper trading that take, took place with synthetics and everything else, but it's just happening much faster because everything in crypto is kind of like exponentially faster than, than modern banking. Um, but realistically it's kind of in the same category of what could be seen in the, in the global economy. Is that, is that a statement that you agree with? Uh, I mean, generally, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty accurate statement. You know, a bank doesn't have to have, any reserves uh, to be able to relend um, their on the books assets. So, you know, you deposit a dollar, uh, they can relend it about 10 times and they don't have to have any backing in, in their, you know, um, uh, in their treasuries uh, to, to really do that. But unlike crypto, however, if a bank does that and, you know, gets, gets into trouble they can call the federal reserve for an overnight uh loan so they can get bailed out you know yeah so and they, obviously they do have that part chance. we don't have the regulations in place but uh it's it's important to also know that that's one of the big issues that people had that started crypto some of the you know some of the predecessors of us that got into crypto this is the reason is that you have and this is why DeFi is important to me is that you actually have ownership of this currency uh, whenever you went to an exchange, obviously you didn't. Um, it, it was just like modern banking. Um, they got you in with crypto and then sucked you in with the, you know, with the perps and the futures and everything else. Um, but this is like the clearest example of this is why cryptos need it, not why crypto's bad, right? This this is just a criminal and his actions that took place uh, at a grand scale. But realistically, this is what DeFi solves. You actually own everything. Everything is on the chain, um, and, and that is exciting to me. I see people, you know, with with fud about crypto, but this wasn't a crypto problem. This was a criminal, right? And it's crazy how many that. people turn and point fingers at you know, like the DeFi space because of centralized exchanges constantly, you know, doing shady stuff. 
obviously oh, more we've of... seen is with uh what just happened this is the most anyone had uh this is the most self-custody we've seen in the history of DeFi. yep in the history of web3 um and DeFi is actually growing people are realizing hey yeah the sexes don't work anymore um we need DeFi, and that's what we're super excited about because in the day, yes, banks may do that, but they do it in an organized, structured way that's backed by government. Um, and that's actually what we say, borrow like a billionaire, because billionaires and banks are able to just create money um, and borrow against themselves. And we're allowing you to do that in a way that's on chain. So nothing's created. It's just a better use of your funds. So you have the opportunity uh, to use your funds in different ways. And and that's really what we bring here. And that's what DeFi brings. It just gives tools back to the people so it's not centralized to banks or the super privileged. Reapothecation is beautiful, right? Reapothecation in crypto is beautiful. But when it's done in a centralized location, uh, no matter if it's traditional finance or in, in centralized exchanges and crypto, uh, there's always some level of fraud that's going to take place because of human greed. Uh, that's why DeFi and having lending on DeFi is one of the best things um, to ever be created, in my opinion. Um, borrowing and lending on DeFi is easily one of the best tools that's available uh, to every single user that has ever interacted with DeFi. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And you don't have rehypothecation where there is no, and again, leverage can be, uh, you know, can be destructive, but it's self-destructive. Uh, but what we're seeing with FTX and everything else is this reapothecation was done with synthetics. Uh, there was absolutely no backing. Uh, similar to what's happening, you know, it's do it's being done in the banks as well. Uh, but at least with DeFi, there is on-chain evidence that you know you have ownership of these assets uh, for that reapothecation. So I, that's, in my opinion, ten times better than what we're seeing. Right. Absolutely, man. And um... it, 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 go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the thing that, that gets me uh, every single time when there's, you know, hot, like, dumpster fire uh, happens, right? And we have, you know, and in the, the centralized, sorry, uh, I just had a, a call that came in. Whenever a centralized exchange falls, right, I always laugh because I look at who they pay first and it's DeFi every single time because you can't negotiate with code. You just have to follow it. And I love how, like, you know, when like Celsius was having issues, they had to cover their their debts. They went, they had to cover DeFi first, right? They, they, the same thing is happening here. Like all all these centralized exchanges that end up uh, ultimately will be like folded into the DeFi space, I believe, because they have to. And now you're seeing that with increased transparency, and they're voluntarily starting to show you their books. Um, eventually, I think they're just going to end up. Kind of evolving into DeFi, but I love how today, whenever these things blow up in spectacular fashion, they always repay DeFi first. I just absolutely can't state that enough. How awesome that is, and just watching that in action. I think that if we ever come to a point where sexes are normalized again, because I, I think that hopefully this scared a lot of people off from ever hosting any kind of finances on there, like a bank, like was being was trying to be presented by like Crypto.com and Coinbase and everything else. Um, you, you know, eventually, um, when there's some kind of like SEC entity, which I hope happens, that looks over digital assets, especially with uh, the SEC and and the U.S. government looking at a CBDC or whatever it's called for the 
you know, the global currency or whatever they're trying to do for the digital currency. Um, hopefully the sexes are, are to some extent tied to the chain of hosting these assets saying, Hey, look at my books and they're verifiable. Right. And we can also audit them. Like users can personally go audit these exchanges and that's what should be done. And it should have been done for the beginning. I don't know where the fuck we went wrong, but everybody was like, well, we'll just trust it. Cause Matt Damon talked about it. Um, and now we're here, right? Matt Damon and, and all everybody that was involved with him. Uh, and nobody really cared to look at their books because uh, they didn't have to. There's no regulations. It was it was literally like we were just asking for this scenario to happen, um, in my opinion. I just want to go on record and say this podcast is a pro Matt Damon podcast, so I won't allow that slander much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Damon, man. Matt Damon. Shout out to Matt Damon. Uh, I saw a TikTok that's pretty... I mean, it was unfortunate, you, you, obviously. You up on the TikTok today? I like TikTok. Uh, I don't. I'll be honest. Uh, you got, it's I, like, I really don't. You got to curate a collection of content that you like. So it's kind of like... Uh, I, I think it's curating that for you and making you watch content that kills your brain cells. I won't even let my kids watch it. My kids will not. They're, they're not allowed to use it. TikTok is crazy. But no, you, oh, you collect... You're a collector. It's like, uh, I don't know. I like it. Anyway, I saw a TikTok. It was like Larry David was right. And it was a clip of like the um, that Super Bowl commercial they did uh, in FTX. He was like, oh, you can put your, your money in crypto like at FTX. And Larry David in the commercial is like, eh, I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. And I'm usually right about these things. And it turns out it's one of the best commercials of the Super Bowl, too. So technically, he didn't show FTX. Yeah. And he's still getting sued. Did y'all see Kevin O'Leary double down saying he would reinvest in SBF? Well, because he's about to get sued. Well, he needs his bag. Yeah, but why would you double down then, right? Like, why would you double down in that unless, like, SBF's got, like, I mean, we could talk for hours about this entire debacle because it's all I've been looking at recently and, and how he was tied to. Um, so much shady shit and it was so glaringly obvious like uh the the guy that does all the regulatory stuff for ftx uh was the big guy that did the poker scam back in the 2000s like early 2000s i can't remember his name dylan you may know it um but that guy that scammed like millions of users uh in that poker fraud uh is actually the regulatory guy uh for ftx um there were so many red flags in ftx and, and all of these um crypto exchanges uh, but I really don't keep a lot of money on there. I've, you know, I hold 98% of my assets on chain and always have because um, I feel comfortable in DeFi. But I understand why users don't uh, sometimes because it is it is hard. It's a hard threshold to like break through. Uh, but once you start using it, uh, to me, it gives me a lot of security. So, well, that's the gap yeah. we have to we as builders in DeFi have to overcome. Uh, is getting people off centralization and exchanges like that and getting them into DeFi. And I think the best way forward is getting, you know, getting that educational content out there and getting it to as many people as we can. Because crypto is the future, but these little setbacks like this, it's not a, it's not a issue of people like choosing a centralized exchange. They just don't feel they have a choice because they're not aware of what all DeFi has to offer. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's why, like, we're very careful to spread as much education as possible so like this is our third space of the day uh this week we probably already did uh four other spaces and the idea is we realize that some people don't actually want to self-custody because they just think it's 
too difficult to do or there's anxieties around it. But when you actually sit down, have a conversation with them and show them, hey, yeah, there there, there are some risks, but this is how you mitigate them. Um, people feel more comfortable. Then also there's new technology coming out, which allows using ZK rollups ways of sending out your key to different areas so you can self-recover in different ways. So although we are so, so early, there is technology that is making it easier for people to self-recover their funds. Yeah, I think ZK rollups will single-handedly be, be the biggest uh, biggest forward momentum for DeFi, if I'm honest. Um, it's it's such a it's such it's gonna be such good tech to build on. Um, and I think that DeFi will benefit so greatly from the amount of users it can onboard from it uh, and what it can offer. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, um, you know, people don't want self-custody. A lot of people are uncomfortable with it. And that's the same reason that hedge funds and everything else are able to accrue such massive amount of funding is because if you, if you think someone else can do better or has, you know, or has more motivation with your money than you, you're going to trust someone that you shouldn't, um, and you'll always lose that. So if, if you don't, that's the good thing about crypto is it kind of forces the user to do some level of research. And so we may onboard slower than, you know, um, you know, for trade file or something. Um, but at the end of the day, the users that we onboard are going to be here for a very long time. Um, and, and it will disrupt, uh, the, the common, um, you know, trading that we see in, in the way that we exchange, uh, and, and all finance, in my opinion, um, it may be, it may be hard. It may take us 20 years to get there. Uh, but to me, you know, teaching people self-custody and, and knowing you own these assets, because I mean, what the U.S. dollar, I mean, is just shit now, you know, and, and nobody knows how much is actually out there. Um, they could tell you, uh, but there's so many closed doors and red tape. Um, you know, self-custody for me is truly the only way forward, uh, you know, for us globally, honestly. Um, there's just too much uh, centralized power uh, with, with how we do things right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before we uh, jump into some some games and uh, more in-depth conversations about DeFi and, of course, Savvy DeFi itself, uh, I do want to take some time to discuss our amazing sponsors. Uh, this week's content is, once again, brought to you by WarFi, an intuitive investment experience on Binance Smart Chain. Buy a soldier and let it accumulate rewards back at 1BUSD with revenue from its play-to-earn game offerings. Or you can play their on-chain shooter game, put tokens in just like an arcade, but get paid out for each and every kill you earn. Uh, another way to invest in the WarFi ecosystem is to purchase Warbots. Uh, separate from the previously mentioned soldiers, these earn, distribute, earn and distribute rewards from trading bot investments and are released in limited quantities. Uh, whitelist prices can be earned by investing in other parts of the WarFi ecosystem. And, of course, you can read more for yourself at warfi.games. We also have their Discord invite link uh, in the episode description. If you would like to become a show sponsor, send us an email at wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com. And if you're an investor, be sure to bug your devs to become a show sponsor at the best CPM rates in crypto marketing. Um, with that, uh, we can jump into a very popular game we have called real or fake coin real coin or fake coin uh, i'm going to name five coins uh one at a time we'll run through them they could be a real token that you can go buy or it's totally fake and i made it up uh each of your job will be to tell me if it's real or made up 
Um, Are you ready? Because this could be a doozy, Morty and Roman. Uh, he he really gets down and dirty with making these names up, and it, it'll get you thinking twice. I'm ready. All right. Uh, Let's go. We'll start with Dylan, because he won last week's. But the, um, the first token is Stuffing Swap. Stuffing, stuffing swap. swap. And you'll probably notice theme. a theme with these tokens. You know, I always... Uh... These Thanksgiving or you know holiday themes in general, uh, they're always fantastic. This is a real coin, without a doubt, in my mind. Austin, what are you thinking? Well, Dave, the great thing about not being on video is you can't see my face to try and like read the room like a poker because I can't I can't do that. There's no poker face needed now. No. Nope. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fake. Uh, Morty, what are you thinking? I'm thinking fake. And Roman. Real. It is a fake one. I made it up. There is no there's no stuffing swap where you can exchange your mashed potatoes for more carrots or anything not like yet, that. Anyway. Uh, right not yet anyway. Give me five minutes. Trademarking that. <laughs> okay, I have just launched that. There's it's already live. Swap. It's on Binance, of course, give, I hope. Give me my points back. Absolutely. Uh, next one here is Turkey Inu. Dylan? God damn it, these Inus. Ah, I'm going real again. Awesome. Um, now nah, I'm going fake on this one. Morty? I'm going to have to go with real with this one. I imagine there's a everything Inu. So yes. I, I, I just think yes. Uh, Roman. I'm, I'm going with yes. That's a real one. Ha. Austin, you're the big loser of that round. Uh, this one yeah, is a Gravy Train. <laughs> oh, I hope it's real. <laughs> I'm going real. Fake. I'm going to have to say real. And Roman? Real. That's a fake one. So, Austin, you, you recovered nicely in that one. Actually, a good name. I know. I got yeah, that. That's a great name. Everybody the, wants to ride the gravy train. The gravy train, right? That is really Shout good. out, Young Gravy. Shout out, Young Gravy. <laughs> okay. Uh, turkey you can Energy. Sponsor the next show. Turkey Energy Damn Token. Right. Yeah, you can DM us, WLRSRadioInfo at gmail.com, Matt Damon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what was this one? Uh, turkey energy token. Get that turkey energy. All these are, have been real to me so far, so I'm going to say real again. Uh, I'll go real. I'll go real. Fake. It's a real token. What do they do? Oh my God. I don't know what they I'm do. so bad at this. It's probably not a bad thing. Anything. It's probably not bad if you're, <laughs> if you're good at it. These are not utility tokens. No. Uh, nuts Dow. Nuts Dow. <laughs> That's fake. Austin. You're, you're not going to get uh, me. I'm going to go real. I'm going to go fake. Real. 
That is a real token. And not it's only not about nut gain, is it? It's not. It's not about nut gain, which was also a real token. Uh, not only was this DAO a real token, it was recently listed. So it's a new DAO, new DAO project. I wouldn't. I don't know. That's um, what we needed. Now, normally, in a non-Thanksgiving week, we stop at five, which would make uh, Austin our winner at four points. However, since it's mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, we have some extra helpings. Uh, <laughs> He's been saving that one for a week. <laughs> this man was fucking cracking. Oh, I was ready. Uh, gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble being the token name? That's the token, yeah. Oh, man. Um, real. Real. I'm going to go real. Real. That's a real one, guys. Gobble Gobble is real. Gobble Gobble. It's one of those too dumb to be fake. Uh, Stuffing Staker. My God. Um, Fake. It's called what? Stuffing Staker. Stuffing Staker? You know, like those Maddox Staker, AVAX Staker. Yeah, all all right, fake. No way. I'm going to go fake. Roman's over there googling. Real. Real. It's fake. Deck screener, my friend. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, no googling, by the way. Uh, this is the last one. For real, no dessert helping. Uh, wild turkey. Real. Fake. Real. Real. As a fake one. Austin, uh, you dominated. I think you got one, you. one, two. He's got a screen in his face, too. Seven. Seven out of eight, which I think is a record. I'm going to yeah, start buddy. real or fake gate. He's probably Googling it. Yeah, buddy. I was going to say he's cheating. How dare you all when I actually win some points to think that I'm going to freaking <laughs> come to cheating just because I love these fake points. I actually am not. A, I take you pride. You got a screen right in your face. Uh, okay, but my mouse and keyboard were far away. We're gonna need an audit. Can't confirm. Not on video. The good news is I'm recording. Ooh, wah. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> our next game is very easy. It's just basically uh, Price is Right, guessing the price of Bitcoin for next Wednesday. Um, so coming into this week, Austin had nine points. Uh, Dylan had ten. Excuse me. I had twelve, and the guests uh, had eight points. Um, so all the guests are sort of playing uh, as a tag team, and they get to compile their points with previous guests. Um, so last week, uh, people had guesses for Bitcoin's price. Uh, the guests said six seventeen thousand six fifty. Austin said 10k, Dylan said 14.5, and I said 16,000. So I believe the guest went over. Let me just double check the price right now. 16.698, which means I win the points. Damn. Fucking Bitcoin's been a stud. Um, which means I also have to guess first uh, for next week. It's currently at 16,702. Let me look at my seven-day chart here. 
One month chart. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seventeen thousand and one. And then I believe Dylan, you would go next. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm gonna say sixteen. Sixteen on the dot. Okay, and uh, Austin. Uh, I'm going fifteen five. And then um, we haven't had two guests before, so you can both guess, uh, and yeah, we'll give you that advantage. The guest team gets two two tries this time. Damn right. So I'll go. I'll go with uh, eighteen eighteen. So eighteen thousand eighteen dollars. Okay. Uh, seventeen thousand five hundred for me. Not that net. seems like something that we can realistically get to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to go over though. I do appreciate you know you being a real gentleman and not hitting me with the seventeen thousand two. <laughs> uh, you had that happen. Yep, we did. One of the uh, we put in a fake one dollar bid for Austin when he was out. And then the guest said two bucks. And he ended up winning with the two dollar guess. <laughs> yes. It was dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not how we play at Savvy. <laughs> we're we're men, of, we're men of honor, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got that code of honor. I love it. That's right, that's right. The web three way. Speaking of savvy, let's um hop into our savvy chat. Uh, so as I previously mentioned, we're here with Roman and Morty from Savvy DeFi. Uh, so why don't you sort of start over and introduce, you know, the listeners to Savvy DeFi and, and what's it all, what it's all about. Hey, thank you guys for, for having us here. This is Roman from Savvy and I'm here with, uh, Morty. Uh, well, Savvy is a, it's essentially the safest way to, borrow on the avalanche blockchain and we achieve that uh by allowing a user to get a no cost advance against their future yield uh which uh, is amounting to a non-liquidating and self-repaying line of credit so we're the first and only uh protocol on the avalanche blockchain to offer this kind of uh capability and we're going to be fully community launched uh so we're a fair launch project that has been uh in the works for a little bit over a year and we're coming really really soon so we're very excited to bring uh safe lending to avax i'm so happy you guys are back avax oh yeah yeah thank man. you why because <laughs> uh, I, I obviously frozen walrus uh we built on an avalanche I always have loved Avalanche. Uh, they do not have a set of good DeFi tools. That's why I'm introducing a, a balancer uh, Dex on Avalanche here in the next two months. Um, oh, fantastic. So if, if you need a place to host any kind of liquidity. But regardless, uh, I think Avalanche uh, is one of the best uh, top 10 currencies uh, or, or at least top five chains, um, if not one of the top with subnets, um, true decentralization. Um, TPS, almost everything they do, I feel, um, is just a little bit ahead of the competition, and it just lags behind in sentiment from um, communities. But um, I think that if if we still continue to build on it, um, similar to products like you're introducing with Savvy, 
Um, I honestly think that that Avalanche will be one of the top chains. Um, you really can't beat centralized chains. It's really hard to beat, you know, like BSC. Um, but if people are actually looking for a chain that just works in all conditions and it's been tried and true, I think that Avalanche is one of the best. Um, so I just I just like that you are building up, that you are adding some of these financial tools that Avalanche desperately needs. We are taking such a, a big, you know, long-term view on, on crypto. We, we really believe Avalanche is a great uh, blockchain, a great ecosystem. It has a young and vibrant community that's growing. Like, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we think there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, this this was a chain that we chose after, like, you know, looking through all the, the EVM uh compatible chains out there we decided that avalanche was the the real uh biggest opportunity and the best you know roi for this kind of project and it really does need this uh to show that there's maturity in the space um and these you know other l1s outside of ether now starting to develop better stronger more robust DeFi opportunities and creates more liquidity for the space it makes the chain better right so that's what we want to do and exactly we're all big think, yeah big proponents of 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 AVAX, um, Ava Labs is great. Like our team was in Berkeley with uh, other you know um, projects, talking to Ava Labs and connecting with them uh, at Avalanche Creates, which was an amazing um, kind of like Y Combinator style um, get together, which is really really cool because it wasn't you know like a like a typical conference and stuff like that where you just have you know people like shilling you stuff. It was more like hey, let's build together and then like you get, you know, to to really speak uh, closely with the team. So Ava Labs has really uh, been been really good about, you know, kind of getting out there and connecting with a lot of projects, which many other blockchains aren't as good at doing. So, you know, there's also that component, which we don't want to forget and really want to stress. So it's been it's been a really great experience building here, man. Like, yeah, it's a good place. I, I agree. Uh, BSC actually has just started picking that up. Uh, because I think they've seen the success and and the way that the communities are built on Avalanche is just a little bit different. And a lot of the times they were focused, as spe specifically Ava Labs, was really focused on the GameFi NFT um, avenue. But I think they're starting to see um, that we need deeper liquidity. And so they're they're pairing up with with things that can bring that similar to like you all. Um, and honestly, you know, I know this is our first time meeting. Um, you know, I would love to have a separate conversation with you all um, just to speak about your project and, and, and see um, – just see some potentials and, and just just have a, a chat with you all off a of podcast format obviously uh in a more technical aspect but um I, i'm really excited for this honestly so i'm very happy that you all came on um and i would be be really cool to be able to speak with you all more yeah absolutely man yeah so and you sort of touched on this already but like how is savvy sort of separating itself from other lending protocols well um how well all right so let me First, I got to set the, the stage, right? Um, the, there's a really big, important thing that we want to we want to kind of like touch on. Uh, one, the space, and we, we already mentioned this earlier, the space has really good uh, tools for capital efficiency, right? Like you can borrow against your crypto, which means it's valuable. You can you can be really effective by opening, you know, multiple positions in crypto and DeFi doing this and you can really leverage your assets. So the capital efficiency already exists. Um, what doesn't exist here is the proper risk management tools that, you know, uh, the space really needs, because a lot of people, they don't know how to properly risk manage these opportunities. And this capital efficiency turns to be a really efficient way to lose your money. Uh, so we, we don't want that. 
right? So first, you know, we want to make sure that like everyone uh, that's going to listen to this really understands how like the money market system works. So I'll be like really brief, but just try to like explain that because we have to contrast why we're different and why savvy, uh, you know, needs to exist. So in, at first, um, I just want to briefly explain how money markets are behaving today and why liquidations need to happen there and why they don't need to happen with us and what, what really makes us different. Uh, so in a typical money market like Aave, which is a great protocol and I use and love, um, I can come in with hybrid versions of collateral like, you know, BTC, Aave, ETH, you know, Phantom, other stuff. Um, and I can borrow against it. And typically my debt is going to be a singular type of asset like the stable coin, which is, uh, yeah, inflationary and all that, but it's typically pretty stable in price because it's a dollar. Uh, so you have this great opportunity to like, be super efficient doing whatever you want this way. And if your uh, collateral and crypto that you deposit, it goes up great. You just have either more leverage to use, or you just have a, a great, you know, health ratio on your, on your loan. Uh, but if it goes down, you have to bring more crypto. Otherwise, you get liquidated uh, due to the counterparty risk because someone else out there had to put up those stable coins and had to had to, you know, essentially take that risk on. Um, and, and that's kind of like why liquidations need to happen in that space. But because people don't know how to risk manage stuff, you end up having this scenario where a lot of people get liquidated uh, and it creates a lot of churn and burn. And it's not really good for DeFi overall, right? Like. The, the people that get liquidated get liquidated hard and then they don't want to come back because they feel hurt and they feel like they lost and they feel stupid. Um, I've heard that story many times. I've even felt it myself. I've, uh, I came from, you know, pretty good risk managed background and even I got liquidated and I felt like an idiot. So uh, here with Savvy, however, the difference is that we don't have a counterparty risk. We are a net zero cost benefit to the user. Essentially, what you're doing is when you're depositing through Savvy, you're going with a hybrid debt, hybrid collateral structure. So you can deposit four different assets into Savvy. Uh, it's going to be ETH, BTC, Stables, and AVAX, right? And you can mirror the, the debt against it up to 50%. So it's an over-collateralized soft peg synthetic, which is mirrored in price, right? So we what we do is you deposit AVAX, you're getting Savvy AVAX. And you're you're minting a over collateralized synthetic against it. Uh, we don't have a counterparty. Like no one put up those funds for you, and you have to pay them back. You're paying yourself back because that synthetic that you minted that that over collateralized debt is being repaid by your future yield. So uh, your deposit is being auto compounded and harvested on the back end by Savvy's smart contracts, and basically repaying down your debt for you if you don't want to repay it yourself. And to make this even better for the user, we always accept repayment of the debt in either asset. So either an AVAX uh, or ETH or BTC or the stable coin that you came in with. So as long, uh, as, or the, as, long as the value is there, you can pay no, even, even if the market price for some reason is different, we will always accept it one-to-one. -one. So we, we're algorithmically designed the repayment process for the user to always accept both asset one-to-one -one, no matter what. So in effect, we don't have a need for liquidation and you're not borrowing from someone else. You're borrowing from yourself. So that's what makes us very different and very efficient. We unlock your future yield, just like uh, liquid staking unlocks your stake tokens, right? That's what we're doing in effect. We unlock your future yield and we make you super efficient. Okay. 
And you're and you're um, you're saying this isn't really modeled off of anything right now in DeFi. Um, it's it's kind of its own thing, right? So right we now- we are yeah we are very uh, different from other protocols, and there's only really one other protocol that has done anything similar, which is Alchemix on the Ethereum blockchain. And uh, they they've done a great job at showing the world that you can get non-liquidating self-repaying lines of uh, credit. That's awesome. Be a VIP person just to ask for a, a link to your Discord. So I'm gonna get that for him. Uh, Savvy, we're we're very careful to make sure that everything we do has been tested, and that's why it's really exciting that you know Alchemix uh, tested these pegs and tested this way and became one of the biggest projects in Web3. Um, but we definitely see that AVAX can benefit from something like this, and we've actually spoken with the team at alchemix and they're just 100 percent loving great people um and we have we do have some changes in our tokenomics and how we do things including uh be savvy which gives people boost rewards we also have six years of emissions um alchemix has uh doesn't have a cap on emissions and these are just different things so it's exciting to see two different uh projects in this space because we can learn from each other and help each other out. And at the end of the day, the beauty of DeFi is there's no competition. We just want to create a better world. So shout out to Alchemix, because really, really, we would not be able to do this without them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good to, to give credit to that. There's a, there's a couple of different types of people in this space, and I'm sure you all uh, have met many different types, but there's some people that will... Um, kind of just fork and move on and, and just assume that, you know, the predecessor needs no credit or blah, blah, blah. But um, it speaks volumes to be able to speak about um, somebody that could be seen as competition by lesser men. Uh, but you all are saying that you just want to build and, and build tools that you think are, are essential for the space. And um, so to me, that's, uh, that's a huge plus and uh, it's definitely appreciated to hear. We believe that uh, DeFi projects are more symbiotic than adversary um and that's not to say that we're like a direct fork we we did make you know many changes on our you know token from the tokenomics model to the actual smart contracts uh one big change that we made was we took you know the uh, the smart contract that they're using for the synthetic asset creation and we split it into two and made a couple of modifications that um allow us to create a, a more um inclusive yet exclusive kind of environment so with, with savvy for instance you would need the savvy token to be able to use the actual um protocol so with that being said it really invites you to be part of the community early on um where we incentivize all uh participants not just liquidity providers um so like there are many different changes. On top of that, we are accepting more assets. Uh, we're, we've made a couple other changes to uh, the incentive program and structure. So there are there are some changes between us and Alchemix, but they are very much um, a protocol that we took inspiration from. One of the other ones that we worked closely with and really love is is, is uh, Platypus on the Avalanche uh, blockchain. It's a great, great. single-sided DEX. Yeah, so we, we're big fans of them. Uh, we use our friends, you know, Beefy's uh, security standards for uh, deposits and any contract changes or or amendments. 
which are like top-notch security, uh, things like 24-hour uh, waiting periods. So if for some reason, let's say we make modifications through our future DAO uh, or through any reason whatsoever, it goes into a staging area for basically quarantine to ensure that we don't create any kind of contagion or any contagion comes to us. So like these things are things that we implemented uh, to ensure top-notch security and to really set ourselves uh, apart from any anyone else in the space. Now, when you say that, you mean you're, you're speaking essentially about a time lock on the contracts? So if we make any kind of code adjustment, let's say yeah. like a, a vault um, that we have, we raise the ceiling for whatever reason, or we add any kind of new asset or something that changes about it, it would go into quarantine uh, to be verified by all partners to ensure that everything is safu. So, you yeah. know, like you feel good. Um, so that's yeah, really critical. I'm so like in regards to like the self repaying aspect, you just you deposit say ten AVAX, you get your ten uh, savvy AVAX. Um, well, we we five. allow you to over collateralize to fifty percent. Okay, so, so you're all five, of your five. that is five. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it's self repaying. So, do you sort of like give a timeline on like? how long it would be until your deposit unlocks if you don't pay it back at all and you just let it self-repay? So your funds are um, are always in your custody. So, uh, well, what you do is, is you enter the platform. You have those 10 AVEX. You then go through one of our yield aggregators, like Beefy or Yieldjack, and you put your AVAX into a yield strategy that you want to select. You Let's say you put it on, into Yieldjack. Uh, you put that in, you get your, you get your five AVAX synthetic right away. Yep. Um, that's self-repaying. But at any time, you can take out your other five AVAX. Uh, so there's just no lockup period at any time. Uh, so you're over-collateralized there. And you can also move it from vault to vault. Um, that's something that we're we're building as well to allow you to go from vault to vault. But at all times, you have full control. Now, where does Savvy make money? Is Savvy takes 10% of the yield that's being generated. Yep. Okay. That okay. makes more sense. Um, and that you guys... That's going to be my question. You guys mm-hmm. have... It's a variable yield. Yeah, and you're... You really, like, I've seen, like, you're really devoted to, like, sort of community building... Like you said earlier, you have you had like two Twitter spaces uh, before this show, and you have one tomorrow, and you're doing your podcast tomorrow. Um, so I think it's really great that you're sort of developing like community um, in the space because right now, uh, I think that's what people need most. Yes, it's yeah. it's not. We're we're really loving the AVAX community. Um, we see them as a very positive force. They show up, they communicate, they participate, they're po- spreading positivity, but they're building, right? Uh, what's gorgeous about AVEX is whenever we need to talk to anyone, someone makes an introduction for us and people actually answer the phones, take their time, help us in any way that's possible. It really feels like one big family. Um, and that's really what we want to put out to the world. So like tomorrow, every uh, Thursday at uh, 6.30 Eastern, uh, 7.30 Eastern, we do a space called Friends of Web3. Uh, this is a podcast that we release. Uh, at the end, we have a Q&A, so anyone from the audience can ask uh, 
you know, the members, the, the person we're interviewing, any questions. Uh, last week we did Roman. This week we're doing Mion, who does our, do, does our UI UX. And every set Friday, we have something called the Savvy Spot, which is just a town hall, get updates on what we're building and ask any questions. And I really love the Savvy Spot because people go really in depth of like, how does the peg work? How does, uh, how's the interface going to feel? What are your ideas on different areas? And sometimes it's just, uh, you know, discussing what's going on in the space, but it's just a way that everyone sees that we're here and, uh, you know, push forward the space in any way possible. And then every Wednesday now we do a space with GoGoPool, which is um, Avalanche ecosystem where we get all the people from Avalanche to come. Today we had Trader Joe discussing um, their new liquidity book. Um, and it's just another amazing space. So I, I'm really enjoying building in Avalanche because the community is just heads down working and supporting each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been on Avalanche now. I've been building on it for uh, almost a full year. Uh, I'm going on a full year. And, you know, I've always seen the same notions that you all are describing right now. Um, obviously, I don't I don't have the blue chip status that uh, of communicating with like Trader Joe and things. Uh, but I have built this discord and, and community is everything to me as well. Um, and, and I've been doing it for quite a long time. I've been doing daily or I'm sorry, weekly ask me anything's. Uh, here on this Discord, um, which is probably what's gro grown us so much. I've been doing it relentlessly every single Friday. Um, I think we're on like number 30 or something. 28. Um, yeah, it's it's Friday what I do. And, um, I, I, I'm not as good on Twitter, but I, I have to agree with you that um, it's just it's part of what a Avalanche is, is that everybody really likes to build that's on it. Um, and so it's, it's really exciting to see you all come on there too. Um, I'll have to check out your Twitter spaces. Um, especially, I think I, I do my ask me anything around actually that exact same time at the Eastern time. Um, so I, I still want to pop in because that sounds really interesting. Um, and I love being involved in things like that. So uh, that's cool. It smells like a cross pollination uh, AMA opportunity. Yeah, you guys should come on. Um, you know, we usually have asked me anything with like, you know, anywhere from, you know, 50 to, you know, 75 people in the bull market. Of course, you could get a lot more people, but. Um, but we, we would like to uh, continue to grow. And uh, I am trying to connect with some of the bigger people in the space on Avalanche. And uh, honestly, you all have had it easier than me because you all can travel a little bit and meet these people in person. And uh, I do have three kids, so it's, it's very difficult for me um, to get out to meet some of these people. Um, so I haven't been able to meet some of the big dogs in Ava Labs yet, uh, but hopefully soon, uh, 10 months working on Avalanche. Uh, I, hope they, I hope they let me bite eventually. Whatever you need, let us know. We can always uh, make those intros for you. Again, we're one big happy family. That's why as yeah. soon as you uh, got asked for us to join, we said when. When? Yeah. When is the <laughs> when is decentralized babysitting coming? Decentralized babysitting. Uh, but that, baby services. But that's uh that that's exciting to hear, and I, and I will I will take you up on that because you know honestly we're we're trying to build. Um, and I don't want to make it about Glacier. Obviously, I know we're about to talk about Glacier a little bit, uh, but but I think that a balancer tech um, it is needed on Avalanche. Um, I think that it stands above most AMMs that are currently offered. And and again, I'm actually building it because I think that Avalanche uh, does need these financial tools and and does need something like balancer tech to allow for different weighted pools. Um, and, and so I also build in the same category that you all do that I am trying to 
leave an impression on DeFi and, and leave a mark on DeFi that is positive for other people, even if I'm not here anymore. That's cool. That. And we definitely agree about um, the balancer style tools because our liquidity generation, our, our fair launch, which we call our community first fair launch, is a two-step process. It starts with the liquidity uh, generation event, and then it goes liquidity uh, bootstrap pool. So the liquidity generation event is every dollar equals a share. Um, and then at the end, it gets divided. The tokens that we have allocated get divided across those share based and there's bonuses based upon if you're red listed which means that you have a uh nft that uh our community um red listed and um then also uh sorry it's allocation not share um then there's also um uh, so after that, we go to the liquidity bootstrapping event, which is basically a balancer pool. And that yeah, I was determine... going to say that's that's one of the the great features of of a balancer uh, is there is liquidity bootstrapping pools built in um, to the tech um, where it starts at ninety five five ninety five being your token five being uh, like AVAX or something, and then it slowly lowers down into whatever you know you designate, whether it be fifty fifty or sixty forty or whatever else. Um, so it'd be interesting. I think we really should have that conversation um, because I, I think that you all could use it. And I think that, uh, of course, we would love to host it. Yeah, we, we were very excited uh, for uh, Hexagon to come out, which was supposed to be a balancer style uh, DEX, but it, they never seem to have launched or are still in, in test. Yeah. So yeah. we'd be definitely and checking you guys out are you guys like a v2 balancer or, or a different we're, we're actually that? going we're actually going originally from the beats model um but we have a, a couple of unique features um that we really haven't um talked too much about uh to the public face uh but i would love to go in depth with you um on a separate, totally. you know outside of it because we i think we have a lot to offer uh we are changing the model um we're also changing out the uh the gauge votes and, and a, a couple other things similar to you know we we are originally a fork but we are layering some things on top um so i think it would be really cool to to have a conversation with you all i, re I really do think there's a lot there and i'm not just saying that for just like a, a mosey partnership but like actually something in depth that could benefit both yeah and then you guys said so there's a there's going to be a savvy token uh in addition to just like the standard uh Lending and borrowing stuff. Robin, uh, yes. so, okay, there you go. So there'll be a savvy token, uh, and that's what's going to be sold in the fair launch, um, as well. As, and the token serves as our utility token. It allows people to use um, the platform. And um, it's one more thing, uh, but yeah, that's that's the that's the main point. It also we also have something in there that gives boosted return. So we have a VE method for our token. So if you stake your token, um, you know it enhances its power. And also when we integrate the boost, uh, it would give them a boosted return. Awesome! I love I love V features. Yeah, I like it. Like having a token too just gives you like a lot of power to add features and, and benefits uh burning mechanisms and things like that um just sort of on top of all the the other benefits that savvy DeFi uh, is building well dave thank you let's talk about the news what's going on in DeFi? well uh austin do you want to give a 
Is there a quick update on Frozen Walrus, or have you shilled sure. Glacier enough? <laughs> well, we can talk about <laughs> we can talk about uh, you know Glacier. Um, obviously, the the biggest update would be that our lead developer uh, Mark, uh, who's worked on some grand projects, uh, has came on board and started um, with us working with our tokenomics. Um, and and for you all at Savvy, um, you know we're 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 really trying to develop a a tokenomic structure that complements a farm token so that it's no longer a farm and dump token, uh, but that we can actually have some good utility, whether it be uh, only monetarily beneficial um, in, in the utilities or even th some things like subscription-based services um, that you can use uh, your Glacier tokens for um, to have reduced fees in the ecosystem and, and things like that. Um, we're, we're really trying to you know, diversify the different tokenomic structures so that it's not only to zero and that we can have enough burns in there to really uh, boost volatility in certain spurts and allow for proper trading to take place. Uh, and so that there is, you know, actual speculation on the price and not people just thinking, oh, it's only going to go down, um, which is oftentimes what we see with a lot of farm tokens. Um, so so we, we started working on that. Uh, I'm very excited to get DeFi Mark because he has an entire suite of a team uh, of 18 uh, US-based devs. Uh, that we can tap into at any time. Um, I, I really think that we're going to be able to go grand with it, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Glacier, and uh, every time that I, I get into a team meeting, I'm just excited to to keep moving forward and, and trying to find ways that we can diversify uh, ourselves from the competition or, or just you know offer something completely fresh and new to uh, Avalanche and, and be able to really host a ton of liquidity and bring new liquidity in because I think that's the main thing is that we don't just want to host – um, the current liquidity that's on AVAX, we want to uh, really boost the amount of TVL that we see on AVAX and, and keep it not only as a top five chain, but really progress it further than that. Um, and, and I think that starts with the decentralized exchanges that are offered. Uh, and currently, there is only uh, realistically one or two. Um, and I think that more is better. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I think Glacier is going really well, and I, I'm loving the progress on it. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump into the news section, which is the second half uh, of our show here. And you guys are totally welcome to, uh, you know, add your two cents to the peanut gallery. It's very much uh, appreciated. Uh, Dylan put in the show planner, SBF, LOL. Uh, so I don't know where he's going with this. <laughs> so I, I can't introduce I mean, the news. Uh, what what has been said, or what could be said tonight that hasn't been said all week about Sam Bankman Fried Freed, however the hell you say his name? Um, this guy's a criminal. Uh, what he has done is theft, in my opinion. Uh, he took users' funds and he gambled it, and uh, that's that's fucking bullshit. Um. Yeah, now in the news it's pretty oh, go ahead it's pretty shocking that you know all these other exchanges and we'll talk about this later with like the proof of reserves stuff coming out but like all these other exchanges managed to you know use their own money or money they got from exchange fees you know to do their gambling stuff right and instead ftx is like now nah, we're gonna just gamble everybody's money even money that's not ours what's really hard to fathom is you guys have to understand that he could have done nothing like these things are powerhouses they make money no matter what 
right? Crypto's down, cool, they're making money. Crypto's up, cool, yeah. they're making more money. It does not matter. They they always win. And to to get into this situation where you have this many people looking to get money back and, and this many people's funds frozen uh, to be the number two exchange and to be in the spotlight and to have uh, all this. I think it was like a, he raised like $10 billion. Um, and most of that went to like condos in the Bahamas and and to, you know, obviously pay for all of this. Uh, the sponsorship no, it, went to a, it went to a mansion in the Bahamas that he ran a sex cult out of a poly. Well, I think I think that is that proven. I, I don't want to yes. start getting into. No, that's not that's not slander. That's not like he that, that's we are going to get into happened. the sex tape stuff later. Dylan. Yeah, okay. that, that's but, real, Austin. Well, I mean, we we can pick apart. <laughs> Clearly, this man is not good. He's a criminal, and um, I it, guess it's just he's, really. It, he's getting you know, uh, extradited to the U.S. to have his wrist slapped. Uh, yeah, have you guys? That's all that'll happen. What were you saying, Morty? Have you guys seen the new Vox article that was just released? Uh, how no. how recent? I haven't seen it. No. Uh, a couple of hours ago. So basically, uh, it starts off. The article starts off saying, I have no idea why Bankman is talking to me uh, because uh, here's the quote. Typically, people under investigation by both Securities and Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice don't return requests for comment. Um, and, yeah, basically, he's reached out through uh, tw Twitter to Vox writer, and uh, he really went hard. Uh, the conversation goes... Um, you said a lot of stuff about how you want to make regulation, just good ones. Was that pretty much just PR too? And he goes, yeah, just PR. Fuck regulators. They make everything worse. They don't protect customers at all. And he goes hard, basically showing that he's a piece of shit, that he was just lying. Yeah, he'll um, just say to, anything to, to get ahead. Yeah, exactly. And this, like, I don't know why he's talking, uh, especially here. Um, but basically, in summary, he says he has no belief in regulators. He doesn't think they can do anything. It was all just PR. Um, and that he believes just getting super rich would help him actually fix the world. Um, and here's a quote. You were like, nah, don't do unethical shit. Like, if you're running Philip Morris, no one's going to work with you on philanthropy. He goes, hey, hey. And there's a risk of doing more harm than good, but even you subtract it out, pretty not worth it. He goes, yeah. Um, he says, man, all the dumb shit I said, it's not true, really. So, Is he off yeah. of lithium or something? Like, yeah, you know, he's, he's all, all over the place. Yeah. And I then mean, he's no, saying, no, he, go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. What and then he's saying he didn't do this on purpose. Um, he said that... Alamada was, he, he really thought they had the capital to cover it. Um, he says, it was never the intention. Sometimes life creeps up on you. Um, it was just, it was just very interesting. I, I encourage people to read this article. Um, How could he say he didn't have bad intentions whenever you ask for a $10 billion loan and everyone's turning you down and the person you borrow from is yourself? He borrowed $10 yeah. billion from Alameda. Himself, it's his own company. Like it's his insanity to to ever like have any notion that this guy had any good intentions. Like he could like the reason he's talking to a Vox reporter is because guess what? He knew that it was going to come out. He does not but, care. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, and then 
I guess there was an article uh, stating that there could be more than a million creditors that could have claims against the FTX bankruptcy. Uh, so in a document yeah, submitted yet... to the bankruptcy court in Delaware, uh, FTX's lawyers argued for a modification to the usual rules to reflect the larger number of entities who are owed money uh, in the case. That's super scary. So that means everyone's going to be doxxed. Yeah, exactly. And it happened with uh, Celsius, Celsius as well, just like this. But it's important to know that like SBF is not the only person that does this. Like the people that do this, it, hedge funds do the same thing. And, and and Roman, you probably know this better than I could ever speak on it. Um, I, I would assume, but they they will take any advantage they could possibly get. And there is no regulations on crypto. This like he took every advantage that he could and milked every penny that he could uh, until, of course, the liquidity crunch came. And of course, bank runs happen so much more frequent and so so much more viciously um, than they would in the in the regular finance world. And there's so many regulations behind like banks and, and how they operate. Um, but like realistically, what he does and what he did, and they're even showing that there's ties to this and and the Wall Street bets community and and GMC and, and or AMC and GME. Um, but regardless how deep in the weeds you want to go, um, he did what. Every person in this position does, sadly, is is he takes advantage of, of retail investors. Uh, he suckers some some big investors, um, and then they mismanage funds historically to all time bads, and and that's what he did. But yeah, I mean, Roman, I guess you could speak a, a little bit better on, on your own position on it. Um, do you think that this happens in, in regular finance, or do you think that there's like stop gaps in place that are good enough, or do you think people are getting away with similar things? I mean, people do get away with similar things, but because they already have self-regulating organizations, um, they actually set money aside for whenever they get caught uh, to, you know, kind of like they get a slap on the wrist. Like a cost of doing Except business they don't, Yeah, cost of doing business. It's not outright fraud. It's just like very gray area kind of like antics that may, you know, get them in trouble later. But in case it does and they get like class action lawsuit they have a, a fund you know ready to go just to defend them uh, against it and again these are um not criminal charges usually they're they're um kind of like civil yeah uh, so in this scenario what he did was way well past that which i believe you know seems to look criminal um from, from every angle yeah to be honest yeah <laughs> i mean he, he really he really threw the the fraud book right at it yeah, what really shocks me is that uh, you cut out uh, a bit there, Morty. Morty, I think you muted yourself. That, that, that was Roman. Uh, Roman, <laughs> you might cut it out a little bit there. He really left us with a cliffhanger. He said, "What really shocks me is," and then just battles. Just... Roman, did they take you out? They got him. Come back. Uh oh. SBF, SBF. I've heard F SBF does have a bot army in Discord and Twitter, so. Roman could be subject to attack here. Is he one of he our knows. mods? Is he one of SBF's bots? One of our mods? <laughs> one of our mods Possibly. is the SBF uh, plant. But yeah, I mean, bottom line is, like, this This is a stain on crypto. There's a stain in crypto every time the bear market hits, right? This is no different. Um, and the fact of the matter is, regardless of what happens here, people are calling crypto dead, so now we're in the real bear market. Uh, and guess what? It'll keep coming. Like the techs, the tech will be here. People will still be building. There is still potential 100x gains. So there will still be real retail investors coming right back. Um, and all of this will be a, a fever dream here in the next coming years. 
but it still does suck, but it allows us to mature as a, um, as an industry, right? Like if we didn't have this event, um, someone else would have done it. Um, it would have happened like, because we don't have regulations, it takes forever and all kinds of red tape. Um, so things like the catastrophic events like these do have to happen, uh, for us to move into the next category, which hopefully, uh, is fair regulations. Cause usually regulations come into play and the, the big boys can still play like they were just in a different fashion. Uh, but hopefully it doesn't screw the retail investor up too much. Hundred percent. And we also need to make sure that regulation doesn't hurt innovation. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about is it's a way of self-regulate regulating because people can see what they trust and what they want to do. There's no trust me, bro. Not necessary. Read the smart contract. Read the audit. Go through it. Discuss it. It's all open source. Track the funds. That's the beauty of DeFi, and that's what this actually complements. Is when bad things like this happen. It actually shows not a problem with crypto, but why crypto is necessary, why Web3 as a movement business necessary. Because to be frank, sex was Web2. Yep. That's all it was. Yep, I agree. 100%. It was, it was completely Web2. And, you know, this, this entire thing um, can, can be boiled down to we're, we're just going to get to our next phase. And, and, and I hope that regulations do not stifle innovation because – um, you know, the, the one thing that we have going for us, crypto is the solution to this exact same problem. It is the solution because it's trustless. You do not, you, you can see everything. And, and that's the beauty of crypto. And we just didn't get to see it play out here because it was, uh, you know, retail investors that were looking for hundred X gains and, and parking it wherever they could. And, and this is what I always, and I'll say it again, cause I really like this is that, um, I think that sexes as they stand right now, we're kind of like a gas station where um, the gas that you fill up on was really the crypto and parking your crypto there. Uh, but the candy, the, the thing that really made the money uh, was futures. Really, they made money on futures and liquidations. Um, and and there, it was completely, uh, you had to trust everything that they were saying, similar to like what you see in the stock market uh, with all the red tape that's involved in, in current traditional finance. Um, where you don't really know there's all kinds of shell corporations holding this and that and, and assets being leveraged that you don't know that are real. Uh, but none of that matters in crypto because everything is trustless. You can see it yourself. Um, so I think it still proves to be the solution. Yeah, and this this conversation has sort of pivoted really well into an, a news topic that's a couple down the line. So we're gonna I'm going to skip into it. Um, and actually, Roman, before I even sent the show notes out, tweeted about this news. Oh, we lost Mr. Anderson here. Um, there we go. We got him. There got him. he is. When he, he tweeted out that Uniswap overtook Coinbase in volume uh, after all the sex drama. Um, not the sex tape drama, the uh, centralized exchange <laughs> drama. Uh, because people don't trust or they're starting to at least in the short term, not trust centralized exchanges. So they're moving all their money to DEXs uh, in their own wallets, which is, you know, huge for DeFi. It's a, it's a massive win. Um, but yeah, traders are flocking to decentralized exchanges uh, after FTX went down and all the other, uh, uh, the other centralized exchanges that went down because of FTX, right? So the dominoes yeah. are falling and people don't want their money in a centralized exchange when the domino gets to them. Yep. And this wasn't, this wasn't an isolated event. 
like it's not stopping with FTX. Like I was talking about this with like with um, what's it called Silvergate, the bank that started in 2013 that started collecting all the money um, and and giving out loans to like Coinbase and FTX. Uh, all all the big crypto exchanges that you see are all getting money from the same California bank. Uh, it's pretty scary because if Silvergate crashes. Uh, that every like pretty much all stables are at risk that are currently offered and 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 a lot of other things. But um, this is not an isolated event. Uh, I still think there is a lot more damage to be done, um, especially if everything plays out. Because I know there's a lot of books that are not complete right now, and people are moving money around viciously um, to try and and become whole again um, through this. And it's just like we're coming up under, uh, you know, like a three year uh, rug, slow rug essentially that that has been like spoofed in front of our eyes. Um, so it's going to take some time to unravel. But just to be clear, I, I think that this is an isolated incident at FTX, SBF. Um, it's either really big incompetence or, you know, outright fraud. And I don't think most people function this fast and, that, and loose. And again, again, another thing from this screenshot from Vox, he goes like, oh, FTX doesn't have a bank account. I guess people can wire to Alameda to get money on FTX. Three years later, oh fuck, looks like people wired $8 billion to Alameda, and oh god, we basically forgot about the stub account that corresponded to that, and so it was never delivered to FDX. I mean, that's either the incompetence to the highest level or just outright fraud. And yeah. Release that. That's an in insane statement. Like, if you really break that down, that's fucking insane, right? That's- $8 billion missing. Yeah. I mean, if only they had a blockchain or something, somebody should teach him about blockchain. <laughs> And, and it's been clear. I think some people were coming out. I was watching BitBoy. Some of the people, projects that they were listing, the Alameda was saying, oh, yeah, you should partner with us. Uh, we'll kind of give you like a, like 100 points whenever we – and we'll kind of secure your launch to be stable. Um, and then they were just like making synthetics of all of these currencies um, and dumping them. And they had obviously no representation of these actual coins. Uh, they can never give them back uh, if they asked for it, if the if the companies of these of these cryptos could have asked for it. Um, so like there, it's a large scale fraud. And I think that it's being navigated to saying, oh, we've mismanaged funds. But like, I I just can't believe that. Like, I have to assume like really, really bad things were taking place. And it was very calculated, um, on a large scale, in my opinion. But you know, who knows what really, you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. We got him back. Oh, I don't know. My, my, my internet rugged me. Um, (laughs) you know, the, the CIA. The yeah. SBF and the CIA are after me. Um, the SBF cronies, <laughs> man, they got you. Yeah. Some dude outside his house with like you know wire what, cutters. What baffles me about uh, FTX and Alameda is how bad at DeFi and, and trading they seem to be. Because looking at like everything that they invested in and when they invested it at it, like on chain, they're just buying like you like. Oh man, they were just so bad. Like they were just basically doing the same thing that like your average DeFi user would get from like reading the front page of our cryptocurrency or like oh, browsing no. 4chan. Yeah, like, that was like it seemed like they had no strategy whatsoever. And they but were that, just, they're like, not the only ones that did that. Do you remember when Three Arrows sure. Capital? Do you remember when Three Arrows Capital went down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the same shit. They were like yep. investing in Digbutt NFTs. Um, like yeah, it's, it's I'm insane. Just, like people dude. think that because you're higher level or because you got better funding, because you had better connections, you're all of a sudden smarter. That's not the case. No, We're all no, deacons. No. They're, they're, it just 
proves that there is no smart money. So yes, you know. so that's stop investing in people that are going to invest your money. It it will always be it, they are always trying self serve before they serve you, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and, and there's more of these, you know, poor management of funds like Kronos uh, got into a bit of a a tight spot, I would say when they were just trying to do the right thing, they released like their, their holdings and stuff. And people saw that they held 20% of their reserve in Shiba, <laughs> uh, which said, sent everybody selling the crow token. Like, but the, that's the Shiba, but I like, believe that was users funds. Right. And, and you also think like when crow launched, it was like the height of Shiba fever. So like, to offer those Shiba tokens to investors to buy, they have to have them. So like, I understand it. And I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like, cause if they're not gambling with people's money, then it's people's money. Um, but like, yeah, when Shiba was going around getting listed on, you know, Webull and Robin hood, I don't know if they ever listed on Robin hood. Maybe they late, did. I, so. I, I don't know anybody that was using Robinhood wallet. I could not imagine. The, I, I, I just Doge on, on Robinhood, but this was long ins- before I was doing crypto. Yeah, but that's crazy to me. Even when they introduced like an actual DeFi wallet, why? Like with all the connections, know any better. Yeah, I, I guess it goes back to the, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it just really shows like how much the how much room for improvement and how early we really are um, to this space. Yeah, I mean, that stuff comes down to marketing, right? So Robinhood was sort of, you know, marketing towards people who wanted to invest their own money in stocks. Um, so they want, you know, people who wanted to try that out. That was like their market. And then, you know, crypto started getting listed on these stock apps. And so that's probably when they started doing that stuff. And now they're, but yeah, they're are they still beta testing that wallet. I don't know if they launched it yet. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they launched it a long time ago. I believe they launched it. But like, I imagine the only people using it are people who have only done their trading in stocks or crypto with Robinhood. I don't think they're. Yeah, but again, like with those kind of services, I don't know what Robinhood takes. Um, but I assume it's it's more than what you would get with like MetaMask or another non-custodial wallet. It's just not worth it to me because like they were already like. Because they were a free trading service, they were they were offering spreads that were just insane. It was basically stealing from users at that point because you had no idea. Um, I, I just I couldn't imagine them ever being successful as a non custodial wallet. But who do I? Well, you know what do I know? The craziest stock app I ever used was Stockpile, um, which you would put a thing like a, a buy in, but it wouldn't fulfill that until like close. So, like, you could be like, I want to buy something, and it would be 10 in the morning, and it wouldn't actually fulfill the order till 4 o'clock or 4.30. So, like, it was impossible to try and just, like, get a decent price of when you bought in at. Um, The craziest thing, though, about Robinhood is they were advertising you can buy Doge. And they were trying to entice people to buy it because they were making it, like, the biggest, uh, you know, get-rich-quick thing. So that's why a lot of people are buying Doge with Robinhood. They're just irresponsible, in my opinion, because it wasn't really telling people what Doge is. And I, I remember a lot of people were calling me because they knew I did crypto. 
um, and being like, I'm buying Doge. And I'm like, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still just don't understand the cronies that that stand behind um, the whole Elon Musk thing. Like people were upset that Elon Musk didn't end up doing anything with it right now with Twitter, and it's like he doesn't care about Doge. Like he has no attachment. He's not the founder of Doge. Like I don't understand why people are attaching his personality to Doge, or like Doge didn't even come out with its own chain. Like they had a, a community based chain that kind of flopped. And it's just like, what what does Doge offer, and why is it so popular? I'll just never understand it. This is the memes, bro. I guess so, memes. Doge Solar. I guess. It's going to the moon. I, I just I, I just feel like I, I can't even give it attention because like I really do see like a future in the space, and I take this industry very serious, and and I'm blessed to be in it. And um, to me, well, like, that's your problem, not everybody else's. Doge is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. True, and of course so you like him. So like <laughs> all ahead. those, I'll give you a good story. Oh, sorry. You go first. No, you. I like good stories. All right. So uh, my brother around four years ago um, wanted to get into crypto. So I was, you know, how I am, how everybody in crypto is, just trauma dumping crypto on your family. So I was explaining it to him and he started getting interested. And he's like, oh, I did some research. I found Doge. What do you think of it? And I said, do not buy Doge. Don't be stupid. Come on. So like the younger brothers, what they do it do is they try to piss you off. So he bought a bunch of Doge. And I'm like, wow, that was really stupid. Later, Doge, of course, starts shooting up and it reaches a penny. And he goes, should I sell? I say, yes, you should fucking sell. It's a penny. Take it out. You just made a, a, a shitload of money. Sell. He doesn't sell. It goes up to set, uh, three cents. He calls me again. Should I sell? I say, of course, sell. It goes up to seven cents. He says, should I sell? I say, at this point, You've beat me. Like, beat me. honestly, <laughs> I can't give you advice here. You just keep on proving me wrong. Enjoy. You make up your own decisions from here. It comes up from 30 cents. He says, should I sell? I say, I really can't give you advice right now. But the beautiful thing about this is actually Doge onboarded him onto Web3 because that was the amusing part for him. It had a way to piss me off, which was funny to him um, because, you know, him buying Doge was just really dumb to me at that point. But I realized a lot of people get onboarded into crypto with meme tokens. So they do provide some value there because they understand the technology. They then understand it's just a clone of Litecoin. And hopefully they move on to something better. Right. Yeah. So like that, actually, that's actually a good point. That I whole like big that. season, like, you know, they were advertising Doge and Sheeb everywhere. It was right at that that peak onboarding FOMO, you know, tip top of the bull run. Right. So it's like is just part of the process. Um, it's a weird part of the process. And we, we get, you know, silly tokens like Doge and Gobble Gobble and Nuts Dow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful onboarding tool that hopefully, I mean, obviously you coming in right at the end of the bull run, you're probably going to get wrecked. Um, but hopefully you, you end up sticking around um, and learning more. Uh, about it along the way so where is he now it's been almost a year since since the doge 70 cent run so where where's your brother now surely surely he sold morty uh i don't think he sold at the top i know he doubled down at seven cents actually um and i think he may have went um well i he he at around like 32 cents he took out his initial investment good at least Atta i mean boy. you can't lose then 
Yeah. To be honest, his Doge uh, investment just gave me anxiety, so it's not something we really discuss. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would I would be the same way, man. Holy shit! Because Top Gun uh, is actually my real brother, um, and and I couldn't imagine if I if he invested in Doge at all, I'd be so pissed. But I would also be happy for him, of course. But it's just like, man, you know, everything you know about crypto, you really learn as you as you move on in this space that no one really knows what the hell's going on as far as like prices and things, right? Like we have no idea what the next wave's going to be. He though has a hack. He figured out that if he pisses me off, he makes money somehow. There you so go. like that's his that's his uh, indicator. Does this your upset bl- Morty? Let's do it. Your blood pressure goes up, and so does his bank account. It's that's a, right. Exactly. They're directly <laughs> correlated. Direct it's a, correlation. It's a beautiful yeah. relationship. Yeah. Uh, I still have. Well, you know, it's like uh, when you go. In- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone Roman. loves a little bit of shit, though. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, you know, like when you go to the casino, uh, your first, uh, like, your first bet is usually a winning bet, and then you get hooked, right? That's what that's what's happening here with uh, his brother. Yeah. You know, he got that first, that first uh, dopamine hit from a, from a good, you know, trade, and that's it. Down the yeah. rabbit hole he goes. Disco, Agree. Disco Chuck in the VIP chat says uh, that's how they get you. Well, that's that's always a fun story to ask uh, our guest is like, what was the first DeFi cryptocurrency you ever bought? Like, what was the first time you went off an exchange and and really dove in to a non-custodial? I have mine. I think it's actually Uniswap. Uniswap? Yep. Dang. I wanted to test Uniswap, so I tested it with Uniswap. Wow. I started with Comp. Comp? Let me see. Compo. Man, y'all, y'all are uh, y'all are next level. Usually, we have some like shit coins that people buy into. Like my first one was like Time Wonderland. Um, I got into, but my first <laughs> was Avalanche. No joke. Like my my first experience in DeFi was Avalanche, and I just won't go to another chain. Like I hold all my assets on AVAX, like ninety five percent, because I love it so much. Because <laughs> it just works. I have I have some Wonderland stories, man. I, I was yeah. a very early Wonderland user. He as well. Did I was you in, nine, I was in like uh, did you nine nine it all the way to the end? Nine nine. I nine nine myself into creating savvy. Uh, why do you <laughs> yeah. think I made non liquidating loans, bro? <laughs> Dude yeah. hates the word liquidation. So, so so time really opened the door to a lot of people that didn't know about borrowing and lending. Cadabra. Yeah, through Abra, and uh, yeah, a lot of people got liquidated. Holy shit, man! I- I'm sorry for you because I know that was probably vicious. But wait, it gets better. Oh, so no. uh, during, oh, of course. So I was very early into Wonderland, right? And like, not only did I tell some of my friends, uh, not financial advice, but you know how people talk. Um, I'm if I'm doing well, I'm gonna you know mention like what I'm doing, and if people want to do it, they'll do it. But Wonderland was a very like interesting proposition for many. So, you know, we all did well initially. I, I took on additional risk there and it didn't work off for me because A, I was um you know, below the liquidation price of Sifu and, and uh Danny. Yeah. So I theoretically thought I would be safe. Uh, but lo and behold, we find out that that was not true. Um and I did get liquidated for a lot of money and abracadabra because of you know my my own uh risk appetite right because i went cross chain and i the problem was there was not enough liquidity to bridge back in time 
Yeah. Because, you know, funds uh, like chains don't like liquidity bridges don't always have liquidity, um, especially if it's like a, a slightly num larger number. So it, it really kind of was a really eye opening experience for me there. But um, here's where it gets even f like better. Right. So as my wife heard me talk about Wonderland with people. Right. And just like joking around, she decides to go and buy merchandise without telling me. And oh. it takes like three months. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! It takes like three months, <laughs> three months to come, right? And then comes in March. I'm already like completely <laughs> out of Wonderland. I'm like down bad, you know. Yeah. Fun's gone. I'm just like, oh geez, uh, you know. I get this package and it says my name on it. I open it and I see their logo and like a freaking hat, comma hat, uh, dad hat, and I'm just like, god damn it! Like, straight, straight got me merchandise. You gotta wear that hat. Yeah. So she's Oh, I, well, I do. I wear I wear that hat with so much pride. It's like my scarlet letter, you know. Well, um, shout out to so your wife. Man. That's a that was a sweetheart move of her, no doubt. Doing something yeah. like that, to be she honest. Did, she thought she was doing me a favor. Yeah, Turns man. Out she just, you know, gave me more PTSD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, yeah, it was pretty. That was funny. when I really. That's when I really turned into a full DJ because like I made a lot a lot of good money, and similar to you, I, I brought a lot of friends. Um, in there, um, and then the Dow season really kicked off, and uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, my risk appetite is extremely high as well, and uh, to a fault, and I'll hold, I'll hold, you know, coins to zero, honestly, and I don't know why, I don't know what goes on in my brain, but I'm like, no, nah, man, the team really cares, and uh, not with Wonderland, I, I kind of got out of it and got into some new Dows, uh, but I wrote them back to zero, but I, a lot of my friends did really well in, in time because I got them in there, uh, but. Man, I'm a I'm a curse Fun when it times. comes to to telling people to do something. Like I'm a I, like I'm so hesitant to do it. I'm like I don't want to give anyone you know bad advice. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wait and you know make sure it's it's decent you know because I know how risky this space is and I don't want my my friends and family losing money. So I'm like I'll wait I'll wait and it's like okay it's working, it's time to spill the beans you know, and then right after that it's just straight red every time yep uh that's how it goes little time update though uh wrapped memo is is uh pretty green on the last three months going from 23k oh to, to 27k that's the beautiful thing about crypto man it keeps moving regardless of anything and mem i mean mem is performing you know relatively well in a terrible market uh with a lot of stains on their name um, and it really shows that the over collateralized stable model um, can be a decentralized <clears throat> model and it can work. Um, so I'm, I actually love that. Right. I, I love that fact that that we still see MIM. Uh, and I think it had some recent bad debt and uh, I think it de-pegged there for a little bit, but it's held up remarkably well. Yeah, it's, it's done that a few times. It went, looks like it went down recently to like 98 and then uh, scraped 97, I think. I'm never around. Yeah. I'm never around when when these big mim depegs happen. I never get to buy mim but at ninety five cents. Morty was talking about Uniswap, and I think it's important to go to this section that you have, Dave, where Uniswap overtakes Coinbase in volume after what you call the CEX trimmers, which is really well worded. Um, Uniswap's a beast, man. Like for a simple little UI, Uniswap is a monster. Um, were they one of the were were they the original decks um, on Ethereum? Maybe Morty, you can speak on it. Um, I'm actually not. I, I don't know if it was the original decks. 
It's the Dex I believe they're now. one of the original Dexes. But yeah, it's the Dex now. Um, there were some Sushi Wars, but Uniswap was always like solidified as that Dex as I was being onboarded. And to be honest, when I used Uniswap for the first time, my mind got blown because it was like, oh, so I didn't need to ask permission from anybody. Like this was completely decentralized. I own this now. Like my yeah. mind was blown. Yeah. I remember I was just like talking to everybody about it. And they're like, calm down. It's not that exciting. I'm like, no, 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 it is. Yeah, I think I think it's so freaking cool how DEXs work and, and that there's this AMM in the back end that just allows people to host liquidity and all of the fees are distributed so that it's lucrative for all involved. And um, we're all just kind of sharing this burden of wanting to move money around. Some people win, some people lose. But the fact that it's completely community-driven and that there is it's people backing people. Um, it, it's so cool to see that it's withheld and sure we've had bumps in the road, but to see it go on this long and DeFi to still mature um, and constantly be on the brink of innovation. Like that's so awesome. Um, so many people don't appreciate that or don't really care. But to me, like that, that's what gets me excited. That's what gets me out of bed. Like th this shit's really cool. <laughs> it is. And that's the thing. We want to make sure that this innovation doesn't die because it sounds super simple, but it's also mind blowing. It's like the idea of Uber. I can just call something and a car will pick me up for half the price. I don't need yeah. to actually get a medallion. That's crazy, yeah. right? Like it was just inefficient and this makes it efficient. Uh, when you, the problem with Robinhood is you weren't really sure if you were getting the shares and they were just acting as that middleman and taking fees and selling your your orders beforehand, your order flow. Like they were just making bank and saying, we're doing it all for free. And it's like, you're <sighs> welcome. <laughs> exactly. Like we're, we're Robin Hood. No, you're not. You, you know, you're not doing a serve, a big service here. It's so ironic that their name was Robin Hood too. It was such a exactly. good marketing tactic for them, but like they straight up were giving to the rich and taking <clears throat> Uh, from people that were just trying to make a dollar, man. Yeah, I lost. It's really sad. I lost all respect for Robinhood when they like limited the GameStop trading. To, like, they weren't the only ones, but goddamn, they were the most popular ones in the blow up. That was for sure. <laughs> but what's gorgeous? Me. What's gorgeous is Uniswap shows they don't need to exist. Like that's what's so crazy. That's what's so beautiful, I know it, man. It is. It's so. It's gonna be. It's so cool. And like you know, Uniswap DAO governance even is really, really effective. And it really shows that a large amount of people can come together and vote and, and, and do better for, for the platform that they're using and are involved with, right? Like, yeah, DAOs in small sections don't work and there has to be some level of centralization, obviously. Um, we're not in a perfect world. But, right, the, the DAO does work to some extent and that, to me, um, really speaks wonders to, like, like, what can we mature about the DAO process? But, like, in the future... Like DAOs really can work to some extent. Of course, always, again, going to be some level of centralization, but still, um, it's cool to see. Yeah, Savvy loves DAOs, by the way. We have two teammates just trying to research and build our DAOs. That's awesome. W one is IDM, and he is a university professor, PhD, and he creates bots to figure out contentions and you know how to model things very effectively. We have an organizational psychologist uh, named Jose, who's also... And they're meeting up all the time and discussing how do we build effective DAOs and build something that can truly be decentralized. That's you know, so, so cool. 
Yeah. And like, we have where, where do you where do you find these people? You know, um, <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's just my you know maybe it was I missed out on the clubhouse thing because um, you know obviously I've had good experience in the space and I've met a lot of amazing people and um, you know to to see some of the bigger teams like yourself um, you all find you all just seem to like find these people that are so well suited for these positions. Um, it always amazes me to to see the the level that comes into DeFi. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to know where you find uh, some of the people that you all you all, I mean even you all linked up. But um, yeah, we sought these people out at the end of the day. Yeah, right? we understood these yeah. things were important. Uh, Roman, I'll let you go. It, yeah, it was it it was a and is a process that takes a long time. Um, I was fortunate enough to run into really talented people along the way to kind of, you know, build out the the team and, and we all have a shared uh, purpose, which makes it a lot easier and being decentralized and also um, like very uniquely talented. Like we have people that have experience in Web3, Web2 and DeFi, uh, you know, Fortune 5, uh, Fortune 10, Fortune 100 companies, uh, banking and, you know, obviously, um, a lot of development and coding but the thing that really makes all of this possible is that all of us believe in like the space itself and aren't here just like to make a paycheck and that's what that's really like the common theme here that we're we're here to build something that's more of an infrastructure level thing that can evolve with the space uh and and we see this as a much bigger picture for us and and that is not going to happen overnight it took a long time there were a team like there were people that i i like started the project with that aren't there anymore because like they just weren't the right fit and the people that were the right fit ended up being really really great at what they're doing and that's why like you know they're they're just like a big part of the the core contributors because we are building this as a people first project so uh, as we progress like the team will get bigger more people will come on we'll have bounties for things we really want this to be built out and and part of the decentralization and the progressive part of that is that we'll we'll have some of these things that will be built out by the community right like we're going to open up the front end so people can create like an ipfs uh, version of it or their own version uh, for if for whatever reason our front end ever goes down or gets you know blocked for something the service will still be up and running things like That's that important. will be you know built out yeah, yeah i believe a, so there's an um, nft totally. project uh, or nft website on tezos that i talked about in the nft show last week <clears throat> where that exact thing happened the uh the dev got in a twitter scuffle with someone and then they shut the whole site down. But the the rest of the team and the devs, like, were able to go in and save it uh, and relaunch the site. So it was a it was yeah. Insane. And Roman, to your to to your <clears throat> speech about the the people that you got involved with, um, it's important to know that you don't only have Web two and Web three and and extremely dedicated people. But I'm seeing here that you also have a comedian who is a DAO specialist, and I think that is so unique. I have to hear about it. Um, does does is he actually a comedian? Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> That's we so awesome. Went to Bogota, and he made sure to do a stand-up night. So wow, we actually got to see him uh, at a open mic in Bogota. 
Well, I have to I have to check out Mr. Hernandez here and uh, and see if I if yeah. I can find some of his stand up. That's hilarious. Yes, he got a YouTuber. It's pretty cool because uh, he does. I believe so. He's also doing our team building events. So like because we're a distributed team and we're not always uh, in the same physical location. Like for instance, DevCon Bogota was big for us because most of the team was able to meet each other for the first time physically, even though we've been working together for like over six months. Um, and, you know, uh, Joseph is so good at like building the team aspect of that uh, to help, you know, kind of create better, stronger communication uh, amongst the team and like really do team building activities and stuff like that. Cause I think that's really important that people don't really shine a light on in, in like startups or in crypto or anywhere. So that's like pretty cool too. Like we do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, team and he's building, in charge of that too. Team building and 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 all of that and having a good work relationship. I worked for FedEx uh, for quite some time, and and I was in the corporate world, um, and that's really where I kind of got my legs. But um, you know, team building and community building even is 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 not often um, the importance of a lot of of projects in the space, and it is extremely essential um, to have like a not only like a healthy work you know relationship, but also uh, you get better products like that and you get people that want to work rather than um, have to work or are, pay, are doing it for paychecks. Um, but I think that does lead me to another question I had for you guys is, um, you know, if, if community is first and things like that, and um, where, where does the funding for Savvy to launch? Cause you said you've been working on it for quite some time. Where does most of your funding come from? I think that's always important to know. So yeah. at the moment, uh, Savvy is self-funded. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. yes. So, so for us, it was, on the table. exactly. Uh, for us, it was just really important to make sure that we don't have an SBF situation. He was actually one of our people we didn't like. Um, we saw what he did with projects uh, before he invested in, uh, before he participated in Alchemix. He um, was shorting them, and we're like, "That's not cool." Um, we saw, we saw that pattern of him jumping into projects and exerting way more control than he should. And we're like, this isn't decentralized. So the yeah. fair launch method allows us to make sure we actually create it as decentralized. And it's funny because we did some interviews with VCs because we were in the same building with them. And we're like, let's tell them about what we're doing. And they're like, you should really take money from us. And we're like, um, the thing is, is, I mean, we see the value that uh, VCs bring, but we really don't want their control and we want to make sure that this is decentralized. And what they told us is like, oh, you should date VCs. Like not all VCs are like that, which sounds cool, you know, but it was like, it's interesting that, yeah. you know, anytime they're, they're fighting for us. Anytime there's money changing hands, it's, there's always well, more I can to the just, story. I can just see <clears throat> that um, this is a VC's wet dream, to be honest. Like obviously I've met with VCs, um, you know, we're doing funding for Glacier. Uh, and I, I do have um, opinions about VCs, good and bad. Um, sometimes they're a necessity to certain aspects of of this, but um, to strive for true decentralization, putting real risk on the table speaks volumes. Um, to be honest, and if you're a listener, like you, you do need to understand that that's not easy to do, um, especially with a team of your size. Um, so hats off, that's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but hopefully it will be well worth it. Agreed. 
yeah. we we we're not anti VCs. We just want to ensure you know that 100%. the project remains in the community's uh, hands and begins that way. And any you know anyone that wants to participate is going to be welcome. And we will be working with venture capital as well to ensure that you know we can create a robust project for everyone. So we're not like trying to single them out and say like, no, you guys are bad or, you know, aren't people we want to work with or whatever. Some, some of them are bad. In fact, we don't want to work with some, but there are, there are good ones and they do provide value to projects because, you know, you can get a lot of connections through the right uh, venture capital that can really progress uh, not only your talent um, on the project, but also, you know, the right connections to, to really succeed. Right. So, we don't want to exclude them. We just want to make sure that everyone else has the same opportunities, right? Because we believe in the fairness of it all. So, yeah, right. and that's, that's why it's really important. the ethos. And it's a similar kind of thing with yeah. whales, too, right? Like, yeah, there's so yeah. many We're not anti-whale. people out there saying, oh, you need a whale tax, you need anti-whale mechanisms. It's like you don't actually need any of that. Um, like, we had you uh, really David. shouldn't have any taxes for the space to progress. Taxes are. No bueno, um, in my opinion, on just like a SEC guideline, and and also it's just like kind of icky, in my opinion. Well, it just anyway. I mean, taxes are kind of looked down upon, um, and could be. I mean, you could do the Howard test, but regardless, taxes are not theft. always a good feature. <laughs> They're not theft. They're theft. Taxation. Tell them, Dylan. But taxation. I mean, theft. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It was, man, it was really nice to meet you all. And, and I think that you all have something uh, really cool and unique. And I'm really happy. Like, again, I really am. I, I, I have extreme passion. I hope that you all can tell that. But uh, to see something like this come onto the space uh, for Avalanche uh, is huge, you know? Yeah. And uh, Austin, before you try and wrap the show up, we do. You do have to I'm not trying to wrap the show up. I just had to say my piece about it. <laughs> fucking move on then, Dave. Dave drives the bus here. I fucking drive the bus then, Dave. Put the keys in the ignition. Let's get to turning. Let's get back to the SBF stuff because we haven't talked about it enough. We're at an hour 51 and we just, we haven't talked about it enough. Uh, Alameda was front running FTX token listings. Uh, So a bunch of insider trading was going on for huge profits on the backs of retail investors. Of course it was. Uh, And then uh, Sam's girlfriend. Uh, Caroline were, Ellison, I think. Yeah, yeah. They would also front run your trade because they had the order flow before you, you know, placed it. So they were able to buy. Uh, they were they were able to market make the price on all their assets too. So they were double dipping on top of that. Yeah, and still, yeah, and still I know. managed to lose money. Insane. I know. Essentially, some... they were like a broker, right? They were like what we see with brokers or like market makers, but without Correct. regulations. Like take off the gloves, right? Like they could they could do things unimaginable in the regular finance world, and they're already skating on thin ice there uh, in regular regulation markets. But here, I mean, they can do whatever they want. It no, yeah. nobody was. Let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. The regulation is there. They broke those regulations, yeah. and they may have to see jail time for that. Because when people are saying, you know, there's no regulation, they're saying, oh, create regulation. No, the regulation is there. The oversight was not there. Yeah, I guess the enforcement, I guess I should say, right? The enforcement of those regulations that were in place 
just like he knew that he could skate free to some extent. For, but to, to, at the end of the day, he built a back door. Yeah. This is was a very complex crime. Um, yeah. And again, I know this is speculation. I, I don't have all the facts. It may not be a crime. But from what it looks like from this vantage point right now, with that back door that they built into their custom accounting software, they did have auditors. They did. They were trying to present to people, hey, we're doing things correctly. But this was very strategic. And uh, the enforcement will happen now. It was just the, the, the amount of oversight they had they were able to bypass with custom software. And they also had leverage in lobbying. I think I'll call um, it crime for you. The fuckers are, that's fraud. That, that's, I mean, that's, that's fraud. Yeah. It's not proven yeah, I, yet. Uh, again, I'll I just prove don't it. Know. I, I can't, I can't uh, be judge, jury, and, and uh, you know, auditor all at the same time. But yeah, my personal opinion is this was a complex fraud. And yeah. the, the regulation is there. The enforcement we're about to see right? He's currently being investigated. The only issue was is that, and all places have some sort of oversight. There was oversight. There was reporting, but he lied. He built a backdoor. Yeah. And speaking and of easy. speculation, maybe about backdoors. Oh, <laughs> no. There's a what tweet, a segue. There's a tweet rumor rolling around. There's a sex tape coming out between SPF <laughs> and Caroline. And it's supposed to leak. Very- it's supposed to. Let's leave. just remember. Uh, Who's gonna lo- play him in the movie? That's what I want to. <clears throat> Man, there's so like jo- Jonah Hill or like Michael Sarah. Man, if it's, it's Michael Sarah, that would be fucking hilarious. Michael Sarah should play Caroline. So apparently, this tape is gonna leak on the 18th, which is one day after this show airs. Um. So this is so be ready on your Twitter. Dave will be tweeting the sex tape. <laughs> of a viewing it's party. A, uh... I don't. I don't know if I want to watch that sex tape. That's the thing. It's gonna pump the market. By the it's, way, there's if gonna be some pumps. I don't out, know if it's gonna be to the market. It's Hashtag it's watch pump the market, party. bro. Uh, no matter what you think about these people, the you can't tell me that wasn't like you're not curious. You kind of want to know, right? I mean, Come yeah. on. <laughs> you yeah. kind of want to know. That's kind of that's kind of how it rocks. I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be plenty of meme coins about it, um, so we'll, we'll all get to hear. It. But speaking of like the 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 situation, and and we'll move on to this chain link one, Dave, because I think I'm it's not ready for that. Well. Oh my god, he's not ready. He's driving the bus. <laughs> I'm done. I'm all right, so no, like, so you remember, uh, like, I mean, we're on the speculation bus. We're on the conspiracy bus at this point with the sex tape and and this other stuff. So, do you remember a couple weeks ago with the Maker Dow? situation in the, the bahamas and the guy getting murdered yeah. in the bahamas or or getting lost at sea uh, or whatever puerto rico puerto rico yeah and he said that a bunch of stuff was going to come out there's a sex cult in the caribbean and they're going pedo, to pedo me, torture me and kill me so uh are these connected yes i, I don't know i mean i'm not i don't really make care. that connection for you spe- uh, but i don't really no, I you don't, don't care though. A man to. has died. Sam Bankman Fried stole money and had a sex cult. I mean, what more can you say? And a man's dead. <laughs> it's serious. It's, it's crazy. Okay. I don't know. Now you can Dave, it's funny because <laughs> but, okay, because no. when that when the sex cult stuff started coming out, I was I, at first I was like, 
man, what uh, people say anything. And then the more information that came out, uh, specifically Caroline, uh, her web presence was not small, uh, and she was not bashful about her personal life or opinions. They found her Tumblr. Um, I think they found one of her dating app websites. Um, these are all things that she has talked about wanting to have in her life and everything else. And I mean, it was not like a secret that um, Sam and Caroline dated and that Caroline dated other men in the office and that they all lived together in the Bahamas. So while it's not been confirmed, like everything else has been. So it's kind of wild. Just billionaires doing billionaire shit, man. Like, I mean, I just, you know, when you get to that level, it's it's just, I don't know what to say about it. You know, I'm Drugs a and sex man. parties, man. I'm a family man. I got kids. All that's in a different world. You know, I mean, people people get devilish when they have a lot of money, I guess. But yes, the Chainlink Labs offers proof of reserve <laughs> service for embattled exchanges. Do you think this could could coincide with like new regulations? And, and this is for all of you all. Do you think it can coincide with new regulations if Chainlink can find a way? And I think we're going to need more than just Chainlink, right? We need multiple auditors in this. Um, but like to be able to show uh, backed assets, right? Like to be able to say, hey, you know, th this exchange is verifiable that they have this on chain, which I think is insane that we don't already have to some extent. But so Binance already committed to this. Oh, yeah. um, and Vitalik created something. I don't have all the information, but he's championing a different way for them to prove their reserves. Uh, for right now, they released all their wallets so people can take a look and do it manually. But yeah, they're working very hard to make sure that everybody can see those funds. And I, I would encourage every exchange, if they want to exist, to do that. And I would encourage after you know there's enough time, if your exchange does not do this, cut them off. But you should already cut them off. Put it into your own wallet. It's not that difficult to do. Um, you can self-custody. It's, yeah. it's not so scary. Yeah. And self-custody to me is not just a buzzword. It's like a real thing that people, everybody can do. And it's super easy and it's absolutely a necessity to really, to make DeFi what it's supposed to be. Like if we're not preaching and practicing self-custody, um, really this stuff's just going to keep happening, right? So, um, And here's the thing, in, gov in governments, um, the, the problem with regular money is they can seize your funds. In many governments, they can just take the money out of your bank account, freeze it, and sue you later. You, it, even in America, it's supposed to be honest, uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's not because they can freeze your funds. And that yep. means you can't hire lawyers. You can't do anything. If you have your crypto in a sex, they can also freeze that. So if you actually have self-custody, you actually own that. Um, and it, it's going to be a lot harder for that to be frozen. Yep. yep. Then you just need to find a lawyer that takes Bitcoin. Well, I think in the future, like other businesses will want to to use Bitcoin and other things for transactions. Um, you know, th there's so much use uh, to allow these currencies to be exchanged for like, you know, business aspects as well. Um, so, you know, maybe eventually, you know, people are able to accept these things. And um, who knows? I hope so. I hope that it becomes normalized to be able to accept some of the top L1s and um, to be able to just send it to someone else's non-custodial wallet and, and do peer-to-peer -peer transactions. So it's already becoming more and more common. 
Um, because to be honest, the systems that work right now don't actually work. I remember when I had to send out Western unions to people mm -hmm. uh, so they can have cash right away. Um, and I, I was working, I was the COO of a fashion company and we had to buy fabric from China and we weren't able to use our bank account for some reason because it was flagged um, to, with, with, with China. So we weren't allowed to send money to China. So we had to send out multiples of multiples of money orders and then just cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, um, that's wild. Crypt, crypto solved this. People then, now understand how to open up their own exchanges. I mean, open up their own uh, onboarding and offboarding. Yeah. Yep. And I think you're absolutely right. Like uh, this proof of reserve thing is going to be the future uh, foundation uh, for a centralized exchange to exist. Uh, I don't know, like, yeah. there's there's so many centralized exchanges, like, with all these, like, bankruptcies and, and uh, withdrawal freezes, like, you know, there's, like, three a day, it feels like, and I've never heard of any of them, uh, so there's so many out there, but the, the proof of reserve thing is going to be what you need at a baseline level to operate, because why, why would you invest in one that doesn't have that? <laughs> Yeah, and the beautiful. Can I speculate <laughs> about regulation with you guys real quick? It's a, it's, a, it's a passion topic of mine. Uh -huh. um, so I am not a lawyer, uh, but I have many lawyer friends, and I'm very passionate about regs uh, because while I'm pro self-regulation, uh, I realize that this space will be regulated regardless. Um, so the best thing that you know, I think we as people in Web three can do is uh, to ensure that we have a seat at the table to make the regulations um, consumer friendly as best as we can, right? And I think what is going to end up happening uh, ultimately will actually be designed by Europe and the EU and not the US and the SEC. And the reason why I say that is because uh, Europe missed out on the tech boom and the dot-com age and terribly does not want to miss out on crypto. So they've been very proactive in creating um, user-friendly and consumer protection uh, regulation, which uh, they dubbed as MICA, M-I-C-A, Markets and Crypto Assets Regulation, which has pr been proposed for a few years. And it's actually sensibly written by people that fully understand what blockchain is. Uh, the best part, and I'll give you guys a quick like recap of what Micah really is like focusing on. Most of it is focusing on stable coins. So they want to ensure that you know uh, stable coins and stable coin creators are regulated in the jurisdictions that they're in. So that's you know number one, just basically at that. The thing that that would really uh, point to what happened with the whole FTX debacle. Uh, has been dubbed as crypto asset service providers inside this regulation. And these uh, crypto asset service providers, or CASPs, as you want to call them, if you want to call them that, would have a certain responsibility, right? Uh, and they would be required to maintain various investor protection uh, and regulatory uh, documents, essentially proving at all times that they have these funds and can be tracked. And for assets with like no issuer, such as Bitcoin, for example, the exchanges would be required to offer basic education like white papers 
to explain potential risks with the possibility of, you know, liability if they're misleading content, right? And the liability liability would also fall on these service providers and other wallet custodians. And I want to point that out, custodians, in the event of a hack or preventable operational like failure. So this is really important because A, it keeps the anti-money laundering aspect and spirit of regulations that they're trying to create. Right. And it does introduce obviously KYC further down into this process, which I have my own feelings about, but that's a different story. But what it actually is doing is it's largely leaving decentralized finance and non fungible tokens uh, alone because it's claiming that they're largely not securities and neither are NFTs. And on top of that, it also creates a standardized language, which we're desperately lacking i think in this space and i don't know if you guys agree with me but i I really think that being able to standardize certain things uh as far as language is really important and and this this regulation is setting that standard and why i think the u.s is going to follow them in creating similar regulation is because when this gets passed and it's already almost getting there and it's already on deck for like next year's votes the Belgium Accords of like 1930-something, I think 32, essentially forces the SEC to create similar but different regulation, right? So they're going to have to create regulation that's going to essentially work in basically the same way, even if they're going to word it slightly differently. So if Europe beats US to the punch on creating regs for crypto, which are largely focused on uh, custodians and centralized exchanges... Uh, it's going to essentially force U.S.'s hand to comply with uh, this kind of world movement. So that's that's my speculation on regs. That's an extremely well thought out. Um, and honestly, I didn't know a lot of that information. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think the 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 way that that we're approaching it here in the U.S. is just we're we're so ass backwards on a lot of things. And uh, honestly, I actually thought that was what one of the things that SBF was uh, lobbying for is like new legislation and like new terminology to, to move us away from like traditional finance terminology and really give us our own space and new regulations based on new factors that is completely outdated. If we were to try and fit crypto into the new decentral into these new decentralized terms, right? Um, so I did not know about that, and I'm actually going to read about that. I've wrote that down. Um, M-I-C-A, you said, right? Yeah, M-I-C-A. Exactly. That's awesome. And, yeah, and then they don't get everything right. I'm not trying to like paint this in a positive picture or anything like that. It's just uh, they're very far advanced in the EU as far as creating regulation, and most of it is uh, is mostly consumer-focused. I, I do find the KYC very intrusive. And it's a big part of it. But at least they're not trying to create ridiculous and nonsensical laws like asking a miner to try to KYC someone when they sell them, you know, like a Bitcoin, which is virtually impossible, which is impossible. Like, it's just not, you know, so. Yeah, the the scary thing. At least it's not that. The scary thing to me about the U.S. and U.S. regulators, like, I, I think back to when Facebook was having that hearing and the the people on the panel were asking like Zuckerberg, like, oh, how does Facebook make money? And he's like, we sell ads, and they like they couldn't understand like that they would put ads on the social media thing or like how that worked or how that made Facebook money, and like so why what they were doing with that data to serve the ads like 
every other company does. But it's like, it's just so, they're so behind, you know, on just even understanding like basic internet shit, you know? Yeah. Do ads make money for the providers of the ad? And it's like, yeah. Dave? What was that? Do ads make money for the providers of the ads? Ads, say like a podcast, for instance? Yeah, they do. They make us uh, money. <laughs> money, money. How would one, in return, how would one go about? It, so, <laughs> you could, if you want to advertise the show, we got one spot left. It's uh, You can email me, uh, wlrsradio info at gmail.com. There you go. Thanks, Dylan. No problem. Uh, I saw an opportunity, so I took it. took it. Uh, grab the wheel, that bus, keep it over 50. What's the reference? That's uh, Kanye, Kanye Re- or Speed. Con- uh, yeah, Speed, that's it. Speed. I watched that the other night. Kanye, what? Anyway. Uh, I said Kanye. Keanu. I was going to get there eventually. Uh, we have a mailbag from Lettuce. He says, uh, what do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. There it is. If you would like the your, man. if you'd like your messages read right on the podcast, uh, all you have to do is go to the mailbag section of the Frozen Walrus Discord, and there are instructions on how to do that. If you're a VIP NFT holder, you get a uh, a free mailbag message every month. If you're like Lettuce and you own two of them, uh, you get two free ones. Otherwise, it'll cost you. Uh, 10 walrus tokens to, to send a mailbag message. Uh, did you guys have anything else before I uh, finish wrapping up? Any more speculations? No, I think yeah. uh, I think you covered it. All right, here. I got a spin for the Twitter winner here. So I'm going to be doing that. And at EZ73. Congratulations. That's their Twitter handle. And I'll reach out to them and get them their VIP NFT. So they'll be able to join the fun uh, next week. Uh, special thank you, Morty and Roman from Savvy DeFi for joining us today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm sure Austin will be sliding into your DMs pretty <laughs> aggressively from you the sounds of things. You can be sure to check out the Savvy DeFi Discord uh, for their lending protocol coming right on AVAX. And we'll have a link in the show description for that. And be sure to tune in tomorrow for the Macro Show. And a little housekeeping, there are no episodes next week as we are taking a break for Thanksgiving. But we will be back uh, the week after that. You can send show and special guest ideas to wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com. And if you'd like, uh, like Dylan pointed out, if you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, same email address, wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com. And we do have the best CPM rates in crypto marketing. Uh, thank you, and everybody. You can fact check us, bitch. Fact check no, it. <laughs> you get a better quote, I'll beat it. But you're not going to get a better quote. Um, yeah. So thank you, everybody, and have a great night. Thank you, Morty. Thank you, Roman. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak with both of you. Uh, it was very insightful. And um, yeah, I, like Dave said, I will be sliding into your DMs to speak with you privately. Um, hopefully, if you have some time, I know we just spoke for two and a half hours here tonight. Um, but maybe after we both 
everybody's had a chance to rest um i'll, I'll hit you up tomorrow and, and maybe we can spark a conversation awesome we're here to help and yeah, thank man, you guys totally. so much thank you for having us guys it was such a pleasure you know, hanging out with you and uh talking crypto yeah yeah you all have a good night night everybody good night, good night.